Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. Brendel, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? Are we talking about that? Are we or not? No. How are you feeling? I'm not feeling great. Yeah. I've probably got the Rona. Maybe. Maybe got the Rona. So anyway, that's where we are. Yeah. So we. I feel not great, but I'm okay. So we are. Goes on. We are social distancing uh, outside. Yeah. Plenty of air, all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, what episode? What are we? Episode twenty-two. Uh, episode twenty-three. Twenty-three. I think. Jordan. Um. Today we have Richard James on the pod. How are you, Richard? Yeah, I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you, Brenda? I'm pretty well, mate. Um, we yeah. did try to speak to you at Murrundi, and we did. Well, we did actually speak to you, but my terrible recording uh, and the terrible wind made it um, unusable, unfortunately. So it's actually great to have you uh, finally on in the new year. So um, yeah, welcome. So Thanks we have to start me. with well, we we'll start with two apologies because one is the wind and the audio and stuff like that. And the other point was at, I got to tell this because it's, it looks reflects really badly on me. But so, um, Richard introduced himself at Murundi as Richard, and then he, and and, and, and right. totally humbly, you know, it's just his name, and um, and then said something along the lines, "Oh, are you are you the guy from the podcast?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm you know quite I felt quite special at that point." Um, and without realising who I was talking to. So Richard is the chap who has done three movies. Yes. Um, we've, got, what have we got? we've got Hard Money, Autonomy of the, uh, the State, and Pedro Dollars. That's the ones I'm aware of. There may be more, Richard, so we'll chat mm. about all of them. But I apologise for um, my ego getting in the way of my... My mouth well, or don't know no, whatever. I didn't but, mean it. I but didn't. to be but to be fair, no, it's not like you were going. I, yeah, I am hats. No, um, <laughs> what what do you do? Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. But thanks. But, for, thanks for being humble. Mate. But and to be honest, I think for most of that day, he kept talking about how he kind of brushed you and, and felt so guilty because he found out afterwards. He goes, "Oh, this is the hard money, dude." And he's like, "Fuck." I think Wes <laughs> told me at the bar and then yeah. watched my face go red. <laughs> so anyway, that was that. Thank you. Thanks for being Stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. That's 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 exactly. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll go there. We'll go to the movies, but um, we'll maybe... Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your work life, if you don't mind doing that, and then your story into Bitcoin, and then get to the, the movies, if that's all right. Um, yeah, if you're happy yeah, to. Just as, much as, just as much as you're willing to. Um, go on then. Sorry, Brenda's just opening a beer trying, as well. I'm trying to quietly. So it's so not you, working. No, you want to open it into the microphone. Oh, it's, look, Odell's got that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I guess he's he's paid into that that move. Yeah, yeah. I'll go get the whiskey from upstairs. I mm. might need it. Um, <laughs> but um, are you okay with that, mate? Are you happy to? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do that sort of format because it's real. Yeah, it's it's like um, you know, Bitcoin is sort of part of our you know where our business is like a bitcoin bitcoin standard business like we it's a well and and so you know we try and keep any spare cash that we've got in bitcoin rather than in in dollars and it actually was one of those things where it sort of say because it's a travel business so we're in the travel industry we do like we've got like a tour tour operations and like 
Um, we do like trekking and hiking and stuff like that was kind of the main line of business. We do some diff- different stuff now. We've sort of been forced to kind of diversify a little bit. Um, and we're, yeah. we're in going into like producing food is kind of the main thing we're doing these days, like outdoor food, um, you know, that you take with in these pouches that you take with you on, on camping trips and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, cool. um, trying to build up a different part of the business. It's not, you know, that can still grow in this environment where people aren't really traveling because like you know it's like three years late i don't know is it two years or three years i lose track um, of the years of this, feels of like this whole bloody feels thing like, yeah two. but yeah it feels like 10 but like we're still no closer to um you know getting back to to where we anywhere close to where we were and like we you know we used to do mainly international travel um and so we start you know in, in last year we were trying to do more local stuff to, to sort of make up because we couldn't travel internationally but even that was just such a nightmare that we all pretty much had to give up on that because like you'd have we had situations where we'd be sending a group of clients somewhere and um you know that they were in the air and then the, the state government would change the policy and yeah. go into lockdown or like close the border and send you back send people back to where they came from and it's like people pay all this money and then it's like well whose fault is it and it's just a total shit show how has that um, been in terms of like the insuring this travelers and all that kind of stuff is 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 that on them or is that on you guys oh, it's like this it's still a gray area i, I mean and I, I still like at the trips that we're doing at the moment like we've had to just say look it's all you know we can't take any responsibility for what you know what happens if a government makes a decision that means a trip can't go ahead and i mean that's standard travel insurance like um it, you know when this whole covid thing blew up in what was it february or march of 2020 the, you know there was no travel insurance um you know that would cover anything to do with this um and so that was hard. Like, so, you know, every company in the industry was kind of, you know, most of them were trying to kind of play hardball and keep, keep clients money and sort of, but we sort of like, look, you know, w- we tried to just kind of give everyone their money back and, um, because that's the right thing to cop do. It. It's not, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. you know, it's like, um, but the, uh, I still don't know, like, we're thinking you of can traveling. do that for exactly. Right. Oh, entirely. Yeah, exactly. Like I still don't, I still don't even know what the deal is. Like we're planning a trip or, or we booked a couple of nights away. And I was like, especially with what everything is going on now, like if you're like, yeah, what happens if you like in your situation hats, like you're sort of, you're feeling under the weather, like the right thing to do is not to go out into the world. And it's probably, but it's like, do you then forgo? Like you can't claim that kind of shit on traveling challenge it's like the whole thing is a a huge gray area and so we've sort of yeah it was a funny experience because you know you know about 10 years ago like i sort of started a business and like that was what it happened to be in that you know i sort of fell into that industry by a you know a few kind of twists of fate and um the main thing i wanted to do was start a business run my own business be my own boss like set my life up how so that i could basically do what do what i wanted to do and that's been an interesting road in that like it's it's great 
it's great but but it's also there's a lot of uncertainty you know like you don't have a you can, it's not like you have a steady income it's sort yep. of like um you know there's these trade-offs and um and that's even true we, in non-covid times right so you know running yeah even at the best of times like, best of times exactly and so um you know i used to i used to when when the business was kind of up and run you know we had all sorts of challenges as you know, even before pre-covid like like the we almost didn't make it and then we were doing reasonably well for a couple of years and and um but i used to sort of have these nightmares about like what if because most of our travel was in um our main thing we did was in Papua New Guinea. So we would do the, the Kokoda track because I'm sort of into the military history. And so we would take people up there and like take them over the Kokoda track and talk about the, the battles, uh, you know, between you, the Australians and the, the Japanese. Sorry, you've done the Kokoda track, well, a couple of times or? Yeah, I've probably like, I saw like 20, 25 times or something. Wow. Um, yeah, I used to do it a few times a year. So you're and, a fit bugger. Um, well, like it's one of those things where uh, you, you just kind of like, especially if you're with a, gr- a group of 20 people or, or however many you take up there, like you can only go as fast yeah. as the, as the slowest person. So, and, and it's all, and if you know how to pace yourself and, and you sort of know what you're in for, it's fine. It's, it's more like, it, it's pretty full on like living up in the jungle it's almost that as much as the physical fitness. Yeah. So actually it's been nice to have a couple of years off from, from doing yeah, that. Cause yeah. I sort of did, did that for 10 years, but, but uh, you know, I would sometimes um, like wake up in the night and be like, shit, like imagine if, if some, and I always thought it would be like a, a violent incident, like someone like, cause it's a pretty wild part of the world. It's like, someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get a gro- like robbed and like the, the whole industry will sort of get shut down and it's been through little scares like that. And so, you know, I would like, Oh, like, you know, our business would be totally destroyed. Like if we couldn't travel to, um, you know, travel to the, to this part of the world. And then our, you know, fast forward to COVID and it was like, yeah, in your wildest dreams, you couldn't imagine something so destructive to, to your whole business. So it's, you know, I sort of went through that. It's funny, like I've been through that and come out the other end and actually feel, yeah, I think I'm in a better place now than than I was. Like the And the business has survived and is actually doing well because, first of all, because we, cha- we basically had to re- sort of reinvent and start from scratch almost doing something completely different and i mean that's that's a standard story in startup businesses like you sort of well they've got fancy language for it well you know i've never been in that that sort of culture but like yeah you sort of have to you constantly you know you can plan for for a business and and write as many business plans and budgets as you want and they're always you know completely wrong and so you got to just you're almost just reacting to things as they as they occur so i think yeah so one thing was one um thing that saved us was i think we did that well and another was bitcoin like we had you know we built up a, a reserve of bitcoin in the business and that kind of saw us seen us through you know that was a few years ago and um you know we've held on to that and it's appreciated and it's kind of given us this like safety net 
just sort of meant we've you know we've been able to get through a difficult time so don't and, talk to me don't know, talk about numbers ex uh, specifically but um is it something that you you look at uh, the, the bitcoin as your kind of the, the savings account of the business or whatever the capital of the business um and then you have cash that you have aussie dollars that you you run your sort of operating cash flow from or i mean how do you split it percentage wise how do you even think that through exactly that that's pretty much the way we think about it but it, it there was a point there where it was so you know things were looking so dire that we sort of you know we really needed we didn't have any cash yep. for like cash left and it was like shit like do we sort of but we also also didn't want to sell the bitcoin <laughs> so <laughs> no, um so we sort of somehow got through that period without having to sell any of it but then and then you know i'm not one for you know i've you know I'd, i've tried trading bitcoin a little bit but it's it's freaking hard like and um your emotions almost always get get the better of you if you've got a relatively short short term sort of time horizon but but with that bitcoin treasury in the business it's sort of um it's yeah because it's like a five-year time horizon that we've been working on and that'll extend out even longer i'm sure you sort of you know we've been able to kind of yeah and it and keep enough of a cash buffer to not the last thing you want is to to be forced to sell it at the at a bad time so with a bit of luck a bit of um you know we sort of you know were able to sell a little bit at um you know a couple of months ago when the market was was high and and now you know it, to get us a bit more cash to, to go through and now we're like well you know it's looking pretty cheap right now and so maybe we should sort of buy buy that back what we sold so i don't know um yeah it, yeah you know some people you know for me personally when it comes to you know my own savings I, I just think the simplest thing is to just you just dollar cost average like and and just forget about it like come come back to it in a couple of decades you know mm -hmm. and that's worked well for me like like it, it, it's amazing how the dca thing personally like that was a real life change not life changing i mean that's exaggeration but like it's so much better than trying like i spent a year or two trying to you know you buy the dip when it's cheap and yeah, that yeah. just sends you like crazy so and the, and the time um, you spend over trying to you know be smarter than everybody else so i mean you, yeah. you you've come back you've kind of edged back on the lifesaver thing but i, I mean i it, is over a, the long a long enough time period it probably is like if you're your dollar cost averaging, you know, daily, weekly, monthly over a long enough time period, if you look it back on in ten years' time, it probably is a life changer. Um, oh, absolutely! I think um, both because of the nature of the asset and just the if you've got the discipline to do to do that. I mean, even if you do that to in the stock market or or whatever, like I'm sure with patience and if you overcome those emotional by you know or cognitive biases that make most people terrible at trading whether you're trading bitcoin or trading anything you, you know i think that's a recipe for success but but you know couple that with with it being bitcoin you know you know people who have been doing that for for long enough periods yeah. um, so, um, are, are always come out on top even those even people who started 
and there are a lot of people in this boat, like at the peak of that 2017 bull market. And, you know, there's people who bought then and, um, but were able to stick it out, like keep averaging right through the next few years. And now, you know, you, you looked like an idiot back then, but even that, those but every purchases purchase now, now you know? are fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what would you give to buy Bitcoin for, for yeah, 18,000 US dollars now? So um, the business came before the Bitcoining, is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly. So yeah, what was, what that was, was what was the process of, um, I guess you getting a becoming a Bitcoiner and then going, Hey, I need to incorporate this, uh, in some way into the business. They, yeah, they were sort of the Bitcoin thing happens kind of separately. That was just something that I was fell into kind of on, on my own accord. I, I was, I've always been interested in economics and, um, not so much. Yeah. Like, I studied economics and, um, but then like, didn't really like the way it was taught through school and, and university. And I kind of, I, I, I kind of dropped out of, of university, the economic side at least. Um, cause it was just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't handle the way it was being taught, but I kind of maintained an interest in, in that. And, um, so I was kind of, in, I, I sort of got into Austrian economics. Like I somehow um, came across this this version of economics that I'd never heard of before, and that for for a couple of years I was like in that gold bug type kind of camp where where you know you you sort of think that the, the whole system's going to collapse, and and which I think is true, but. Yeah, the best that I could come up with was that gold was the, you know, was the safest asset, and that, you know, if and when the the current monetary system collapsed, it would be rebuilt on gold somehow with gold as the as the base money, which I don't, I no longer think that that's going to happen. Um, but there, you know the. There are plenty of people who would say that it's also equally insane to think that Bitcoin's gonna, you know, gonna replace the, the current system. So, um, but I, but I think simply, you know, regardless of where you stand on that debate, the the simple fact is that it was good timing to uh, sort of to get out of gold and into Bitcoin. Um, you know, the Bitcoin's done done vastly better, um, you know, over the last few years. So yeah, I was one of those people who. You know, thankfully, like I didn't, it wasn't like I came through like a shit coining, you know, path or, um, yeah, like I, I'd sort of, I was already sort of learning about some of these principles that the people in Bitcoin espouse. And so when I came across Bitcoin, I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, this is, this is the thing. Like, this is what I've been, I've been looking for. Um, you know, I'd heard because I think I'd heard about it in 2017, you know, one of my friends mentioned it. And of course I was like, ah, what's, you know, that sounds dumb. Like it's, <laughs> you wouldn't ever want to buy that. You lose all your money. I just never even thought, I didn't think twice about it. And then, yeah, it wasn't until a year or two later that I heard about it again and someone recommended the Bitcoin standard. So yeah, read the Bitcoin standard and that was, that was it, you know, from then on, you know, it was obvious that this is the, 
this is the thing like from a um yeah and it's, so it started and i think it's it's turned out to be a good investment both personally and from a business point of view but yeah i didn't expect the this personal journey of kind of yeah completely changing my outlook on life and on politics and sort of yeah totally changing the way i view the world and basically meet you know meeting a and becoming involved in a, a community that the of people who think the same way it's yeah it's been a really interesting personal journey for me have you had the same experience of just not being able to consume enough information and well one have you had that and two have you come through or are you still in it 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 sort of ebbs and flows like i remember that first year was just yeah that that feeling of you just can't literally can't get enough and you're just listening to podcasts just you know might might listen to six or seven hours of podcasts every day for months months on end and um you know reading a lot of books and i think i'm i've come out the other end now in that i'll sort of go through phases like for a couple of months i might you know all i'll the only podcast i'm listening to a bitcoin podcast and i'm still focused on that and then I number might one two bit idiots lo- absolutely and then um <laughs> You know, then I might switch it up and and kind of read books and listen to stuff that's totally different. So that you know, that's how I kind of knew that I. I think I'll always be. You know, you know, I don't think I'll ever go too far from from Bitcoin. But yeah, I've noticed that I've kind of come out the other end a little bit in terms of that obsessiveness with it, which definitely went on for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm still there. Yeah, well, I you're, am. You're definitely there. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely there. But I've been here for a long, long yeah. time, and I can't get out. I'm, like, I'm getting worse. Um, if, if any, I think, well, yeah, probably. Maybe. I mean, I, every now and again, I do get like a, a day where I sort of chill out and go do something. But are you, you know, are you normal. forcing yourself to do that? No, do you know what I mean, like no, I need to again, step away. Well, particularly when the stupidity starts to kick. When, when it's all, it's on, it's all on price, right? So when, when the um, when the price starts to fall back and you haven't lost any of your um your uh, conviction but other people already you can see people blowing up all over the place and they get and i'm just like oh, i can't be doing this just now i need to just, I step away and whatever but but yeah yeah but i, I come back like every yeah, time so that's yeah, yeah. so, yeah it's it's a funny thing yeah it's a funny thing the, the yeah i'm with you and it's like the other thing is it's kind of a lot of my and i'm sure everyone's uh interface with with this whole thing is is twitter and so that's the other thing is like i have a bit of a love-hate relationship with with twitter because yeah i think it's on the one hand it's the thing that's allowed me to to connect with all these people and and kind of do this work that's you know show the work that i'm doing to to this community and and it's also actually allowed me to get um you know to get some work in that video editing um field as well so it and but on the other hand yeah it's it's too much time on twitter can kind of send you crazy as well so that i think that's part of it as well like when i purposefully step back a little bit from twitter for a few weeks or so 
sort of take a break like you you sort of i feel like i'm sucked back into the real world a little bit and, and think less about bitcoin and then inevitably you sort of dive back into to bitcoin twitter and off you go again it's like a drug isn't it it's just like an addictive yeah. thing but um but then you've not so you've uh, let me just try, i'm trying to work through the time um of this so you won't have done like a a png trip since you've been as fully into bitcoin is that right or so it's not like you're getting a break on a on a tour and you're just putting all the digital things down and you're going to have and you and, and then you're getting a two week or three yeah week i don't get getting. those like full digital detoxes anymore yeah I, and i mean that's that's fine it's you know i'm sort of willing and able to to do it just in day-to-day life you know i sort of delete the app for a couple of weeks and stuff like that but you know we were you know we were traveling all through um working all through 2019 say um so i was kind of working on the business traveling but also sort of in the beginnings of that that whole bitcoin journey and then when you know and that was when i was kind of really first kind of buying bitcoin and and then six months later or so i sort of went to the the, the rest of the the team and the other owners of the business and was like look i think we should do this uh, you know i think you know, this will be the right thing for for us go, going forward and and thankfully that was good that was good timing and so when 2020 rolled around you know i i all of a sudden found myself at home wasn't traveling didn't really you know we spent a couple of months just with this bullshit like refunding like literally took months to get all the the sort of paperwork out of the way to actually lose money and lose all our clients so it's, and you're still working um yeah. like crazy but then it was like well i got nothing um to do and it's funny that because i'd been and so that's when i started doing the film the filmmaking work which i'd in a sort of almost like a former life like i was into filmmaking like i used to make documentaries I made some surf films and skiing films and that that was kind of my thing and i did that and for but like there wasn't any that was work or if it was well fun. this is the thing is like i'd studied i went to film school i was making these films and they were they were like paying for themselves and they would get like we were doing distribution deals and they were like um you know they weren't just kind of hobby projects but it's not really enough it's not enough to to le- you can't earn a living really just doing that and the so the you know it's more like it pays for itself pays for your because tr- they were all trap you know trips that we do we travel and and film and make these projects and then um anyway it sort of pay for itself and but you know the other guys in that so it's industry a fun life, but it's hard to get ahead it was Is a that- fun life but yeah you can't really yeah it's hard to get ahead so guys would go down the role the sort of road of doing like advertising or corporate video or maybe like you break into the sort of professional film um the industry where you're working on big film sets but i that was never my like i I actually found that stressful kind of you know i don't i'm more of a loner like i sort of like working on my own and like working in a big team like on a big project where it's stressful and deadlines like that freaked me out so i didn't really want to do that and yeah this opportunity came up um 
you know, in the tra- to to sort of start this travel business, and and so we ran a few trips and found that that was more profit. We this is something I did with my brother. Like he and I did some of the filmmaking work, and then we we started the business together. And we're like, oh well, this is kind of actually, um, you know, this looks like it's a better opportunity to potentially make a career. And it was quite seasonal, so you like work for half a year, and then you still be able to travel and do some film stuff. But yeah, it's sort of you know the business got became more and more of a full-time thing and, and then had a family. And, and so, yeah, I, I sort of completely stopped doing any film making work, but mm-hmm. then yeah, fast forward to 2020 and we're sitting at sitting around a home in lockdown, bloody Melbourne, you know, it's the worst, the worst place to be. Or the you know, best cop as the far as getting you the best. To, to sort of do something creative. Or yeah. Something, you know, and, that... and I'd like in the, in the couple of years, leading up to it i'd almost been wanting to sort of because i was yeah i was just at a point where i you know i wanted to get back to doing creative work and i was like oh i'd sometimes have these daydreams like what if i sort of left the business and and you know went off and and made a film or did you know did something else and then but uh, but never sort of acted on it and then all of a sudden i was thrown in the situation where well you sort of got no ch- you got no choice now i've got nothing better to do so, so which yeah, one sort came, of set, which one came for hard yeah, money came first? It was yeah, exactly. And I sort of, I don't, I, for, I'd sort of been like, because I've also over the years done a bit of writing, and so I've, you know, when it, you guys, ha, you know, you sort of like when you're in that initial phase of absorbing content about Bitcoin, like I, I sort of felt the need to write, try and write it down. Um, almost like to get it straight in my own head, like this whole question of what is money and uh, like how Bitcoin relates to gold and relates to the whole theory of economics and, and the history of money and, and the history of Bitcoin. Like I, I, I forced myself to learn sort of the, like as much as I could about the actual cryptography and the, the maths behind it and the history of bitcoin like that was a really illuminating thing for me like learning about all the like bit gold and b money and the, the cypher punks and like liberty dollars and like the uh, e-cash and like that whole kind of history of digital cash i found that a really uh useful way to to get my head around bitcoin and so i was writing but then yeah i just wasn't wasn't writing anything that I thought was good enough to publish. And you'd read something by like Robert Breedlove and be like, or Gigi. And it's like, oh, well, you know, this, there was so much good writing being done that I was like, ah, I've got nothing to contribute here. And, but I was like, you know, there's actually not a lot of video content mm-hmm. at the time. I didn't think there was much, you know, there were a few documentaries around, but they were more like crypto sort of like they weren't really, nothing was capturing that essence of the, you know, it was not long after the Bitcoin standard had been published. And I think that book was so critical to the whole community's like crystallizing of what Bitcoin actually represented. Uh, And I, because I think that in the years before, even though I wasn't, personally around i feel like there was this i feel like it hadn't been decided exactly what bitcoin was like was it this peer-to-peer cash like the whole block size war you know what was the future of bitcoin like it wasn't obvious that 
a store of value was its like main selling point and like this kind of new version of gold based on these principles of Austrian economics. Like I, like I think it was, it was really the Bitcoin standard that, that sort of crystallized that narrative. And this was not long after that. And, and people were still kind of, I think formulating that, that story. And I found that, yeah, I didn't think there'd be, there was a lot of good writing and a, a lot of amazing podcast conversations, but not a lot of great video content. So I, thought, you know, this is potentially an opportunity. And so I, you know, I sort of sat down at my desk and cut like a little thing together in, in one evening, which turned out to be the first, you know, the first sort of couple of minutes of the film and then thought, yeah, there's something, I think there's something here. And so then kind of thought about it a bit more and was like, yeah, I'll do this project, but I don't want to, you know, I'm in lockdown. So, I, you know, I set myself these parameters like, you're not it's it's all got to be from your desk like you're not allowed to go out you can't go out and collect content whether it's recording video or audio um i didn't know you know and i didn't know anyone in bitcoin so it's not like i could call these people up even oh really like, that's, oh, that's, that's really recording. interesting because if you actually go yeah, it's but, like a who's who of bitcoiners now if a, you look at the cast exactly of yeah, yeah. That's right. never spoken to any like i had a twitter account like that was just a zero like you know zero followers like it was like a jumble of letters like and i like i wasn't on twitter you know i was just lurking on twitter to get my yeah kind of bitcoin content and so i was yeah i was like look i'm i'm just gonna there's so much good content out there that i'm just gonna kind of try and piece it together the into a story that i think is the most important story to tell about bitcoin so and you're 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 basically like clipping edit clipping little edits of little snippets of um podcasts and that's what formed the content of the movie exactly oh. so i'd be listening to podcasts and i would like every time i'd hear something that i thought resonated i would like take a screenshot of the time and then i'd go back it was so painstaking like i'd yeah. go back and grab that 10 seconds and it might be you know 10 seconds of safety and then three podcasts later like preston pish might say something that like continued that thought yeah, so i would yeah. grab that and add it in and like then michael goldstein would say something and so yeah it kind of um came together that way that, that's but then, one, one thing i'm oh, sorry yeah. go no you go you go i was just gonna yeah. say one thing that struck me with hard money too is was just the the range of different content that you would if you've done this all by yourself would you have or not only the audio, but all those little video clips and the classic old cartoons and stuff like that. Must like what was the time frame for you? How long did it actually take you from concept to all right? I think it's done. It was probably three months. That's incredible. And yeah, and I was lucky. Like it was also a time where you know I think I don't know what uh, exactly. I'm trying to think back to sort of my the personal circumstances of my family and stuff but like no i've got three little kids and it's hard to um yeah. get anything done <laughs> you know you guys both know know about this and so um it was also just a time where um for whatever reason like you know the kids were at the sweet spot with the kids and and i was able to like do sort of nine to five like work for for a couple of weeks on end which is something that i sort of have struggled a bit with before you know before and after and since because of just the demands of family life so yeah i was just in this sweet spot of consistent work 
And it was almost like the, yeah, the putting together the story from the podcast was almost not the easy part, but that, that was the part that came first. And then it's like, well, shit, like, what do you put as the, as the video? Like what, yeah, what, yeah. The, because they're talking about these kind of esoteric topics like money and economics. And so I don't know how it happened that I stumbled across some of these old films on YouTube, but the, yeah, there was a cut, um, a guy called, I think his name is John Sutherland produced this bunch of cartoons in the fifties uh, uh like and there a lot of them are about it's really interesting like they're they're about the kind of politics that we're talking about now and they're about money mm. a lot of them are about money and um so i was like oh this is amazing like this and so it yeah that sort of formed i was like okay well this this kind of stuff could actually work as if it's cut together right and so yeah that sort of became for what however it happened that like the visual basis of it but that was tough um to fight you know to f that got me a certain um distance but then yeah there were times when it was really difficult to find the right footage to to cut in and, and sort of try and make a narrative both mm -hmm. visually and audially and just if you know preston flowed. has preston has like 15 20 seconds of some great thought but then you have to find some matching video that's yeah okay for one finding something that's exactly yeah. sort of the similar idea or you can see a, a, a relatable idea but it has to also be 15 to 20 seconds long to you know yeah to, and, and yeah it's this okay there so. are a couple of days yeah there are days where i'd sort of sit at my desk and then like get up six hours and i've been like trawling youtube or like <laughs> and i get up like ah oh, shit like I literally didn't achieve anything <laughs> in this day, but like you could, there was no other way to. But then the flip side of that is, every now out. and again, you would just get some little piece of. Oh, gold, you'd right? come across just gold, like so deep in, in YouTube or these other like video archive. Yeah, every now and then you would strike gold, and that would like keep you go, keep me going yeah. for another couple of days. Yeah, it was a, it was, a fun process. It was kind of kind of a lonely process, but like, that's how I like. I've realized that that's sort of how I like to work. Like I, um, you know, I like to, I seem to work best on my own like that. So yeah, it, it's sort of, and then when I, when I sort of fin finished the thing, then I was like, ah, oh, well kind of now what do I do? Like, I don't have a, I don't have, a, I've got a Twitter account, but no one follows me. Like, how do I, and do these people are they going to be angry that i've like yeah right yeah stolen their audio and like and i so i sort of didn't quite know what to do but i just ended up sending t like cold twitter dms to like everyone who was in the project like both the the people who were speaking and or and or like the the hosts of the podcast and got a surprisingly and you could imagine getting a dm from like an anonymous twitter account with zero followers like i'm yeah. amazed that anyone even opened the the message i mean some people didn't some of them didn't even have a message Hi, how's, how's your trading enabled. going yeah how's your trade <laughs> uh and you know if just a few of them like responded i'm like oh cool i will have a look at that and i think it was the it was um ben and colin from um 
WTF happened in 1971. Like oh, they, yeah. cause that they sort of were the ones I first sort of got speaking to because it, I think it was even, it might've even been them that me listening to them that kind of sparked the idea in the first place. I remember them being on a podcast and being asked or, or discussing this idea of their thing, the WTF 971 thing being a cool idea for a, a documentary. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's an awesome idea for a documentary. And they were like, ah, uh, but you know, it's, you then got to get the funding and we think we need it. You probably need a couple of hundred thousand dollars. And I, and I was like, and I thought about it. I was like, look, I, I mean, I'm sure you could do something for like a lot less, less than that, mm-hmm. especially given that like the content, you know, this is, is out there already, like with these podcasts. So yeah, that was kind of the, and the film starts with those guys with Nixon and, and the, you know, the closing of the gold window in 71. So, and so they, you know, they were the first ones that sort of retweeted the little trailer that I'd put on, um, on Twitter and it sort of went from there and it sort of went crazy. Like that first day, like this thing's getting shared around. I was like, Oh my God, like, this is amazing. Like people are actually, um, you know, really interested in this and, and yeah, it, it, the reception it had was quite amazing. And, and it's funny that I haven't even actually been able to recapture that in that the, the projects I've done since have not quite had the same, you know, they, ha- they just haven't had as many people look at them because they just haven't been shared as widely. And I haven't been able to capture that kind of um, whatever it is that makes something go a little bit viral. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard money that, like, film that. What? What? Yeah. Is what? It is what is funny, that? What? It? It's like the magic kind of. Even just in the titles, though, I think hard money. Yeah. Uh, very much resonates with the bitcoiners, and the bitcoiners want to support, whereas the other two, perhaps, um, not quite so obvious. Am I, right in saying in hard, yeah. am I right in saying in hard money there's no reference to bitcoin at all i think so i watched the other th- i watched all three today i've watched i'd watched two before no i watched the, all three today yeah the billy joel one the 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 um what is it whoa yeah for, for the longest time he's talking about bitcoin and oh, okay, it's okay. like a parody so that's yeah and so that was the other like parameter that i set myself was that i'm not actually going to mention bitcoin in the film because yeah. i was right? like shilling bitcoin is such an art form that like and i think the the main pitfall is like going hard too hard too early and sounding like a crazy like a total crazy person yes and so it was the philosophy was like yeah if you can kind of make people understand that they've actually do have a problem with their own money which is for us here in australia or if you're in the us like that's not obvious Mm. you know growing up like you, you just i don't know about you guys but like you don't even you just take it so for granted that you oh, yeah. never even think you're like yeah well, I, I you know i work i earn money i save it then i buy stuff like what what's the problem yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was like um trying to kind of make people understand that there is a bit of a problem with this system and that and, and not yet yeah, not push bitcoin down anyone's throat like just be like you know this is the way it is and and perhaps bitcoin is a you know i sort of very vaguely kind of referred to it towards the end and yeah it's only that song in the credits that actually the word bitcoin is said it's um it's a great sorry great film to share with uh like your normie friends and family i think for that very reason 
So t- and t- I didn't t- actually t- think it would, um, you know, I was almost doing it for people who are already like orange peeled into Bitcoin, if you know what I mean. Like that was kind of the target audience just because I kind of wanted to do a project in, you know, in that um on that subject like like it wasn't actually at the forefront of my mind to be like oh you know people this is something that people could show to someone who's never really thought about this stuff or like this could be a an introductory piece of material Mm. that yeah it's turned out that way that it's been good for that but that it's funny that that wasn't even the the original intention yeah so i would consider myself somebody who is well i used to consider myself as somebody who was probably left of center um politically um, and I don't know about you guys, but um, I think <laughs> over over the last couple of years, that's where where I sit is probably very different now. Whether that's me that's moved or whether it's the world. No, that's I'm, moved. In, no I'm in the exact same boat, and I had this conversation. I think oh no, with Owen off off microphone or whatever. Yeah. That you know, sorry, you finish your thing. No, no, but, but, but very very much the same. I think. Yeah. It's uh, well when we're moving, whatever's happening, it's either us or it's 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 the world. But something's changing, right? So, but the idea, uh, so I, from hard money to today, I'm like, can I just? Uh, this is just what I wrote down, right? So even proponents of the welfare state understand that they can only raise income tax so high before the people start to revolt, right? So they must tax another way. Talk to us about the unseen tax of inflation. I mean, that's that's the really the idea, right? The for me anyway that's what i that's what i take from it right um most people are aware when you know they look at their 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 income and they see the tax that's coming off and they don't like it necessarily but they're happy to contribute right some or some more so than others but you know Mm. everybody's i think everybody's happy to contribute in some shape or form Mm. but very few people think about inflation at all and it's only really now where we're starting, and certainly in other countries, but now more and more so here, and the states have just come out with a 7% year-on-year inflation. No, that's, that's CPI numbers, which we all know are, are wrong. So when did that idea, that, that thought process start from you? Because that's very integral to that hard money, hard money film. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The, the, that is the crux of the whole thing. It's, this, it's, it's really a film about inflation. Mm. Uh, that's, the, that's the topic. And... and the important point is that inflation is a hidden tax and that is such a fundamental and bitcoin solves that problem by being resistant to inflation like that's the whole that's the most important thing in all this i think like it's it's certainly for me the most convincing argument as to why bitcoin is important because i think uh, uh, yeah, whether you come at it from left of center or, or whatever your thoughts are on the legitimacy of the government and it's you know ta- you know how much how big of a role should the government play in our lives? You know that's that's a, another story that maybe we'll get onto later. But yeah, as you say, like it, it, at least if it's tax, if it's a tax, yeah, it's obvious you know it, and it's 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 something that um, you know is done. Yeah, not maybe not willingly, but certainly explicitly. Whereas the the main th- problem is that ta- you know the the governments of the modern world have grown to such an extent that they can't sustain themselves by taxation. Like there's just no way that you can fund a government via taxation alone. So 
the the way the process works is that a government sort of co-ops the the system of money and you know we we use this term fiat a lot uh, which is kind of like a synonym for government issued money um you know it, it sort of means something it just means like by decree so dollars are money because the government designates those things as money but it's, it's sort of not as simple as that because like no government has ever been able to literally just take a piece of paper from and from scratch and be like this is money like it, it sort of is this longer process of co-opting whatever the free market money was and and it's usually gold like historically it's been gold so that you know the governments kind of centralize the gold supply and then they issue issue a, a paper note that is is technically redeemable for gold and that's what gives it its value and then at some point they cut that tie between the paper note and the, the physical gold itself so because they can they can then print more of these notes that are like ious but and and people trade those as if they were as good as gold but slowly but surely the government is kind of creating more of the notes than they have actual gold to be able to to redeem it and that's that's what happened in the u.s in 1971 where richard nixon came on tv and said the u.s is no longer going to redeem its its dollars for for gold and the the reason and and you know that's sort of a bit of the historical path and these days it's more sophisticated the way it's done which is you know physical cash is not not really a thing it's it's all done digitally so the basically the simple way it happens is a government goes into debt and then the government sells treasury bonds to to sort of finance that debt and you know the traditional way that that works is that people whether it's people buy the bonds to finance the government, whether it's the individual citizens of the country or whether it's banks or whether it's foreign governments. But increasingly what's happening is the central banks are just come stepping in and buying those bonds from the government. Mm. And, and the central banks are the ones that literally create money out of nowhere. Uh, you know, they, uh, they literally, you know, click a button on a computer and increase their balance sheet and then they buy these these bonds so so the the governments have this way of of monetizing debt and, and that it, it basically means that they can capture the value of that money they sort of never have to they never really have to pay it back they they go and spend the money in the same way that they take taxes and spend money but yeah it's this insidious process whereby they can keep spending but they're slowly but surely are devaluing the the currency so the purchasing power of the currency is is going down and so that is effectively like it's a tax it's it's like theft it's it's a it's a way for the government to spend money at the expense of its own citizens um you know and, and it's a way that uh, to do it without them really knowing it so it's the people who pay that price of the money printing are the everyone who's forced to hold the, and use the currency uh, which is the citizens of the country so it's yeah it's this le it's a legal tender law that forces people to use a, a certain money and then the government devalues that money and sort of skims the proceeds to to just use for their own spending
and then the exorbitant privilege in that situation is the US because um, the vast majority of the world are using US dollars to settle, you know, oil contracts or whatever. So that's that comes into your your um, petrodollars movie. Mm. Um, it's like so, a big pyramid scheme almost. Well, it, it's just it is. It's, ex it's exactly what it is. But it's it's um. So yeah, let me just look at that one a little bit. So it, well, the movies have actually gone backwards in some ways. Is that is that is that fair to say in the sense that you've done the hard money thing and then you've gone back and so uh, what was quote came second? Anatomy of the State came second. It yeah? did, yeah. And then Petrodollars came third. Then but Petrodollars Petro actually ta starts talking about Bretton Woods, nineteen forty-four, and stuff like that, or even before that, some of it. But um, and then exactly, yeah, it almost goes further back. So because, does that yeah, Bret sorry, Bretton Woods is yeah, because you're right. Hard money kind of kicks off in nineteen seventy-one with the Nixon thing, whereas the the Petrodollar story goes right back to to Bretton Woods, which is nineteen forty-four, um, and so I suppose it is. Yeah, it's like, the, and there's some overlap there because obviously the, sure. the whole, um, but I think the the, re, the hard money was almost like giving an overview of the way that the system works and, and it gives example, you know, it kicks off with what happened in 1971 just because that's this concrete example. But that the process that's kind of laid out in hard money this way that governments use inflation as a hidden tax like that's something that's done by every government and it's not it's not exclusive to the u.s like right now the u.s kind of controls the system but all the other governments still do it and every government's done it going back since you know coins were first invented and in the roman empire that you know the the king would kind of collect the coins and shave the edges and keep the gut like uh, keep the you know what's left over for himself or they'd mix the gold coins with copper or something to debase the you know we 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 still say you know use the word currency debasement and and that's you know a throwback to when they literally mix yeah. the coins with some some cheap money so it's certainly not a new process and and so yeah hard money was like an attempt to just lay out the process whereas the petrodollar story is really the the historical story of how the u.s dollar came to be the the sort of global reserve currency and and how they've you know the various tricks that they've used to sort of maintain that that position over over the years and anatomy of the state is almost like going back a step further to to more talk about the nature of government itself yes. and and because you know the we talk about the entity that's responsible for this as, as we talk, it's the government. Okay. It's the central bank is the central bank part of the government. Like, so yeah, it's more of a, a, a uh, an explanation of the nature of government and, and the state itself um, without necessarily being tied to a particular historical period. So yeah, that's very much exploring sort of the libertarian angle of things, which you come across yourself in your, your studies. Um, um, so I guess my question with regards to that one, I suppose, is sorry, I'm, we're jumping. I'm jumping all over the place here, but I hope you don't mind. Um, we'll try. I've got a thousand questions I want to ask you, and I'm probably going to do it in a poor order. But um, so, can the current political process be saved, in your opinion? And is there still a place for governments going forward, or what is the what is the place for governments going forward? It's a good question, and and I think it's actually the most important question because 
I've, you know, through this process, I've become, you know, I would, you know, I don't, the people are scared by the word anarchy, like, but I would, I think an anarchist kind of sums up my, um, my position of where I stand politically. I don't even think the word libertarian is strong enough to, to describe, you know, the way I think about things these days, because uh, yeah, I think the short answer is no, I don't think there's a role for government, but that's obviously a very controversial thing to say. And it's, well, poss- it's- possibly because people see here anarchy and they think, you know, they maybe think mayhem, but what are we living in right now? I mean, yeah. are we thinking How much this, worse is, this could is be for everybody? Is anybody sitting there right now thinking this is um, smooth sailing or whatever under you know anyone anywhere in the world right now? So, well, well, there's I, always, I think that. Oh, sorry, Brenda. You. All I was going to say, there's always the idea that certainly for me growing up, that um, <laughs> I used to think that the government, you know, knew what to do. You know what I mean? Knew the answers. Yeah. And they kind of. But, did you think that, but, or did you hope that, or did you just not give it? No, too no. Much well, maybe I just assumed that. And but, but what's become glaringly obvious, especially over the past couple of years, is that they're as clueless as anybody else, but they just hold the power and make the decisions. And some are well intentioned, and some are not. And some are not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just, yeah. The, sorry, I'm derailing the whole thing, but like. Um, where does government go from here here do we do we even try and change the current system or do we just have the bitcoiners build elsewhere and slowly i mean slowly migrate to it and pe- you know, the people who go migrate first are the biggest benef- benefactors of mm. migrating first um, i think that the the yeah the reality is that that government has been or, or a an entity a person or a group that's had a monopoly on the means of violence is such a ancient uh, kind of institution that's been with us for so long that it's mm. almost impossible it's it's literally almost impossible to conceive of a society organized in any other way and that's why people think i'm insane when i say oh no we don't we don't need a government and uh, i'm not you know whether it's practically possible or not is almost a different question but i certainly don't advocate for chaos like i think that it's really just that there were that you know i think the society would still function with institutions and and centers of power and and it's just that there's not there's not one group with a monopoly on you know, on the, all the guns, basically. Like, I think, you know, if you look back on on the history of the Western world and, and specifically, like, the way that something like, you know, English common law has developed an iterative sort of process where the law of the land or, or the rules that people live by has kind of been developed through trial and error over centuries and it's not handed down by decree by some stupid government that's just been elected last last year like law was almost like this sacred thing like law and laws are are there to be discovered like by the process of of human reason rather than made made up on the spot by whatever reaction to to events so 
but I certainly don't advocate for like, you know, violence and blowing up things because uh, which is something that's associated with anarchy because this whole thing is, is premised on a logical kind of exploration of, of ethics. If we start with the non-aggression principle, which is don't, you know, you, you're allowed to do whatever you want, but you're not allowed to use violence or the threat of violence to, to take someone else's stuff. And it's just about applying that principle consistently to everything. And so like it or not, like a government, even if you think there's a role for government and the government does a lot of good, good, it doesn't, it still doesn't pass that test of like, if I, if I don't like the way the government is, is serving me, it's not like I can be like, I don't think I'll pay my taxes this year. Like I'd, I'd end up in jail and, and you might, the response to that would be, oh, well, but there's no alternative. Like, what, like, would the alternative be just chaos and everyone's murdering each other? Well, that that's almost a different story. But, you know, the yeah, the problem is that, you know, government doesn't pass that, the, the very concept of government does, doesn't pass that that test of the non-aggression principle. And I think, you know, coming on to, to your question hats of like, where do we go from here? Like, there's, there's a, there's a, difference between what would be ideal the ideal end result in theory versus like what's the best thing to do right now and i think i think the only way i think the best way forward would be for like the only way we're going to figure this out is um for people to organize get the opportunity to organize on a much smaller scale so like yeah i'm a big advocate for localism and and local self-determination like i'd love to see for example, the United, I don't think there's much hope for anything like this happening in Australia in our lifetime. But like, if you look at the US, like, it'd be fascinating if they split up into just into and the states themselves once again, regained their sovereignty from the federal government. And like, so Texas and, you know, Florida be like, well, this is the way we're doing it. Um, whereas California and New York, like, no, we're doing it this way. And like, fine like let them let them let them do that like um and people can move to the place where they think that the the system of organization suits their their values like should should people be allowed to have guns like how does education work like healthcare, like all these things like if it's organized on a very small scale and like there's all these, it's all it almost will be like all these experiments going on with what's the best way to actually organize a society and it'd be really interesting to see the results of that rather than what we've got now, which is these like a you know, couple of dozen mega social democracies. Like there's sort of no, with central banks, like there's no real alternative. Like the, it's, it's kind of weird and depressing the way the whole <laughs> world is almost in lockstep in terms of the way governments are organized. Yeah. What's even interesting um, to see the likes of some of the, Maybe the not Bitcoiners, but tech folks from the from the West Coast in the states moving to Austin. You know, I think Tesla moved their their uh, the manufacturing over to Austin. You talking about Sil- Silicon Valley? Is that on the west? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so even if they say they're not keen on Bitcoin, they're they're taking themselves away from the other thing that was that's been been put forward as progressive. Yeah, true. Right. So their actions speak louder than the words. Is my point really? Mm. Um, yeah, I think businesses will, you know, if regardless of Bitcoin, you know, I think 
people who are trying to run businesses and it's people who run businesses that, you know, that that's the thing that like it basically enterprise in the, in as much as like the creation of capital and, and production and exchange, like that's like the basis of, of human civilization and, and, you know, governments can only exist by you know, governments don't create wealth. They don't create resources themselves. Like all they can do is take resources away from people who have already created them. And you might say, oh, oh, but they're doing good stuff by, you know, what they spend that on. But yeah, first and foremost, the wealth's got to be created somehow. And so, yeah, I think there's this natural process where when government becomes too restrictive and too excessive, and uh, you know, there's a natural process of, of capital flowing to places where it's it's treated better. And yeah, you're seeing exactly that happen in the US, both in terms of businesses, like you gave the example of te- Tesla. But like, even if you look at the, I saw that interesting graph um, about the change in US population in the last year or two, and how New York and California are like a net loss of all these people, but Texas and a lot of these other more open states are like drawing people in. So yeah, that's a really interesting process to watch unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah. And I guess the economic migrants go, the, the ones most able will go first, right? Mm, yeah. um, what that leaves behind for other people is, 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 is a different conversation, I guess. Um, I, I can see us triggering, like the state is huge. In the West, in Western democracies, like this employment by the state, you know, nurses, doctors, teachers, firefighters, librarians, you know, librarians right? Mm-hmm. You know, the state is massive. So I can see the conversation saying, "Well, there's w- there's no role for role for government in the future." Well, everybody's anybody listening who is a government employee is sitting there thinking, um, "Well, hang on, who pays my wages?" So this is really triggering for them. But it's not to say that their skills are not required in the future. Mm. It's just to say that maybe the the organisation of those skills are it would be done differently like in Australia where we had the bushfires when it came to it the person that was helpful to you if your house was at risk was your neighbor your local fire brigade or whatever you know it wasn't you know it wasn't Canberra yeah so um things would reorganize does that mean it's going to be smooth absolutely I don't think it's going to be smooth um but it's just going to be yeah it's like it's not the fault of the people who you know whatever you're whether if you're calling in life is to be a teacher or a librarian or like or you know a doc my wife works in the hospital system like okay those things are or if you're a fireman like those things are run by the government like like those those and but those services are was needed in any society so yeah the, the it's hard to draw the line between yeah, at what point, you know, you know, because I would say that there's this inherent ethical problem with with even the concept of government, but and that would apply to obviously like the politicians, but I don't necessarily think it applies to just because someone draws a, a salary from the government, you know, it doesn't imply anything other than the, other than that the government just happened to have co-opted that particular industry when they probably don't need to, but um the problem is though that there's an incentive problem in that system where like as we've seen in you know when half the the population draws its income from the government whether it's in a government job or on you know on government support um you know that 
that sort of inevitably grows and like you know in the last two years in australia we've seen you know enterprise destroyed and all these these you know small business has been crushed and and whereas at the same time the, the state has grown like politicians salaries have gone up like employ more police and so with it you know every single time that happens like the state grows at the expense of the the capital you know system that actually supports it and like that's one of the points that's made in in anatomy of the state which is based on this book by murray rothbard which is that that you know there's this inevitable progression towards bigger government but that it's it's inherently unsustainable like you can't like that it can only grow to to a certain point and it eventually collapses and like we saw that happen you know in fast forward in the soviet union say where it's a full-on communist system but our current systems are kind of not really that different they're just like they're on that same path but like at a slightly slower rate and so yeah i think unfortunately the yeah what's the way out of this uh, you know it's probably it probably gets worse before it gets better and it can't be a quick process either. It's not, it, you know, no. what I mean, it's not, we're not going to wake up. No, no, it's, it's not going to be the case that you've got you. Know, you happen to hold, you know, one Bitcoin. You're going to wake up tomorrow and living in, you know, Nirvana. That's not. That's mm. not going to be. Yeah, like I think for someone who holds my views, like there's no, in my own lifetime, there's no good outcome. If you know what I mean, it's like, because it, even to get to a kind of version of the world that I would see as an improvement on the current one like i think yeah it almost has would almost only come about through the collapse of the mm. the sort of current order and yeah i think this is a fascinating conversation in itself is like where we're headed with all this and i've been guilty of you know even pre-bitcoin like sky is falling type stuff and like the financial system's going to collapse and you know it's amazing how they've been able to sort of kick the can down the road incredible and, incredible and so it's like are we still going to be here like in 20 30 years time like just talk, talking about the same stuff or, or uh, are, we gonna actually... the, are we going to be are we going to be peter schiff is that what you're asking yeah yeah <laughs> that's, that's, that's it right <laughs> but like it, it must be the case that this whole corona thing has like fast forwarded all the the processes that we're talking about like i think definitely yeah there's so many kind of cycles that i think are coming to the to an end like this long-term debt cycle like and the the cycle of a global reserve currency like i think the u.s dollars at the end of that cycle interest rates are an all-time you know all-time lows really rates yeah yeah like the you know the i don't know if you guys have read the fourth turning but like the cycle that they you know they talk about in that book like the the end of the ter- of that sort of social cycle yeah it's it's an interesting time like i i think we're at you know you, you just always want to be careful being sort of like hyperbolic but yeah like i think we're sort of going through the gates of this of something and like it's hard to predict what's going to be on the other side but but i think you know there's such a lack of social consensus like in the in the most broad terms that you know if you compare to previous decades like even if you go certainly compared to like the post-world war ii era um where like it's sort of you know there was more trust in institutions like and more people seem to be on the same page with like how we're going to build society 
And even if you look back to times that were sort of had a reputation for, for being the flip side of that, like the sixties and the sort of, um, you know, that kind of revolutionary era was still pretty like tame compared to, to what's happening these days. So I think, yeah, I think where we are at, at the end point of this kind of inevitable cycle of like a decline and then something's going to get rebuilt on the other side of it. It's just hard to say what, and and that's when we get into this thing of like, you know, is it going to be like, it's really scary the way there's a chance it goes down this system that resembles the Chinese model. Like that's Mm. the worrying thing is that all of our political systems are like, trending more in that direction than they are in the direction of more freedom and, and smaller government yeah it's it's the end of cycles often well bring about conflict and conflict um traditionally was you know uh, you know war where you cross you know tanks cross borders um the bitcoin side bringing it back to bitcoin a little bit the, the hope that it gives you is that you can you can fight a, an economic war rather than fighting a physical war mm. but whether we are fu- like the transition it depends how long this transition is right we all think it's coming but if the transition is a, a you know a five-year period that we were maybe but if the transition is a 50-year period there's probably a good long stretch where we're going to have to have really negative um outcomes all over the place which is is it's not a nice thought no it's i love the there's an initiative called free private cities where they're the and they're the like whether it's a practical initiative or not you know the, the guys that are doing it are bitcoiners you know they're tr- they're trying to kind of actually practically put in place this localism model that we're talking about where if they if you could somehow get control of a piece of land and this is the real challenge is like how do you actually get a hold of a physical location where you could do something like this um, and not be behold, simply beholden to the, to whatever state, you know, owns that land, like, and setting up a city where it's a purely contractual arrangement where like you sign a contract about how much you're going to pay in fees and uh, for the most basic services, like protect, like, you know, protection and, and sort of the justice system. And then everything else happens on the free market like it's a really fascinating experiment that i don't know if it'll succeed or not but that's the kind of thing where like yeah that that would be yeah it would be really interesting to see something like that play out like well, and, and, the, and the other point would is be the, someone's yeah. having a go someone's trying it which yeah they're actually trying something that's, like an art because i sit around terrible. talking about this shit all day but like they're actually out there yeah. trying to do something but a lot of it is is also you know how you live your own life like like you know i've moved out of the city like i live in a rural area you know try and be more self-sufficient when it comes to food and um you know it's hard there's stuff that's really hard to get away from like the education system um is tough to you know tough to get away from like there's sort of not much alternative in australia to to this the sort of government-run education system um so you but but and then yeah there are things you can do in the way that you set up your life and and you know you can build a community uh, where you sort of like i feel like i've you know the last few years have sort of weathered the storm a bit better just because of the way i've set myself up so yeah it's certainly possible to um 
you know, to improve your circumstances and change them for the better, like to, towards the things that you value. And I guess the other great case study we have to all to watch is El Salvador. Mm. Um, because there's a, well, there's, you know, you're saying before that all, all countries uh, print money to get, you know, to inflate their currency away. But if you are already using the currency of another country, um, you know, either purely on the US dollar, um, they were getting absolutely no benefit from any stimulus plan. No citizen of El Salvador got any benefit from a stimulus in the States, even though that is the currency they use. So there was pretty much no risk or at least no loss to them trying it. Mm. And now there's incredible things happening. I mean, the Bitcoin bond in the city um, and the guys at Bitcoin Beach and there's a lot of Bitcoiners heading that way. I mean, it's a, it is a case study for us all to be watching. And yeah. perhaps, you know, there'll be other countries the possibly other South American countries they'll be watching more most closely, um, and we might see us. You know, maybe we could see another one, another two countries in the next twelve to twenty-four months adopting Bitcoin as a. Where, where did Strike just announce? Was that Argentina? Argentina, yeah, yeah. Argentina. Um, I don't actually it's, know that. Yeah, it's fascinating because what's going to happen in El Salvador? Because uh, the, the thing is, like, Bitcoin is inherently anti-government like i don't really think that those two things are compatible in as much as that if you're if you're a government like the government of el salvador and you come out and say we're going to go onto a bitcoin standard you're and if you honestly mean that like you've then shut off your you shut off that ability to to collect scenerage from your money so you know you you're then and and that's the the main way the governments are funded so so you you're effectively shutting down that that funding route and you're going to rely purely on taxation which is a much more difficult way to do it now the you know as you said like that you know they were on the system before where they were relying on the us dollar like they didn't have a they, they were so already in that situation, like where they were just using dollars, like they didn't have their own currency. So I don't know enough about the history of El Salvador to be, because it's like, where do they, where do they even come up Cause with their money to run the government? Like is, is an interesting question for me. Cause it's like, it's a poor country. Like, and I'm sure that tax compliance in El Salvador is not high and they were running on the US dollar so like where did the government actually get all its money is to 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 run its day-to-day operations i'm not i'm not sure um and so so they did used to have the uh el salvador and cologne i think it was called the currency but i'd have to double check back and and see when that when they came off yeah so they obviously went through some kind of like collapse of their own currency you know yeah i wouldn't have been able to tell you what what year but yeah it'll be and and then the the sort of game theory and the economics of a, of an individual country and, and a poor country at that, which doesn't probably have much of a, like a industrial base or adopting a, this standard of a super hard currency. And obviously it's like, it's still in theory at the moment, like in practice, mm. the U S dollar is, is still kind of pra- practically, I suppose their currency, but yeah, it'll be f- really fascinating to see how it plays out. I think, and I think the way it plays out in their favor is, probably the way they've been angling which is that like they just draw in capital in terms of 
Bitcoin itself, yeah. Bitcoin businesses, people who are interested. But like shit, like I want to go to El Salvador. Like even if it's yeah. just mm-hmm. to like go for a surf and like sit on the beach, like yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going. So like people that want a working. visa, people that want to own property, people want a second passport, or yeah, you know, all these kind of things. System. So there are ways, yeah. Um, but but yeah, in terms of just how, yeah, I'm just fascinated to see how they how they run an economy on Bitcoin and like if they actually go if it actually goes ahead, like if you know check in again in five years, like yeah, and. Because I think you know the the simplest playbook for governments is is to buy buy Bitcoin and put it on their sort of you know the balance sheet of the country, but then they've still got their their own currency that they're kind of so like the you know the, that's the way I imagine it would happen is like that, that's kind of the way you cheat the game is like you you print money and buy Bitcoin, sure. but but you're still kind of forcing the shitty money on your citizens. So be, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few states kind of employ that strategy. Whereas, yeah. whereas El Salvador seems to have really done, like, done the like proper, yeah. like the guy's obviously been influenced by the by the Bitcoin narrative. Like it's fantastic. Um, it'd just be really interesting to see well, how it plays At the end out. of the day, he's just a guy who's on Twitter. He's, I mean, people get, <laughs> like he's just, he's just some, buying, he's just another, another guy. Buying yeah. Bitcoin on his phone. Did you see that today? Like I think Bloomberg, Bloomberg said, oh, he's got to be the only nation state leader that buys or trades, in inverted commas, uh, Bitcoin on his phone. And his reply was naked. So he's... <laughs> He's just trolling. I mean, he's just, just trolling. It's incredible uh, to watch yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Now, who knows whether... I, I, we don't know whether he's a well-intentioned or not well-intentioned guy. We don't. We, know all we, we know is that he's nude. Well, yeah, yeah, all we know he's nude. But um, it's it's such an interesting thing to watch. You Like there, maybe Nigeria might be quite interesting to watch. As you see, maybe states in America are interesting to watch. But the game theory would say that anybody who's going to do it is going. It would do it quietly. It's interesting that he chose well, not to, like yeah. you, as you say. If you, well, but then he didn't have the. Well, he didn't have the ability to print his own money. So maybe there's a country out there that does have the ability to print their own money, who are doing so and 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 starting to hodl Bitcoin. Now, who knows? But as Richard was saying, I think it, it, for some of them, I think it's going to be a just in case kind of a buy. You know, like let's just get you know get some in case it. You have to. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's the thing. Maybe you know. Buy yeah, a little, buy a little bit. Like just in case. Own, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just obviously in case, for yeah. the El Salvador one, he's it's like the PR value of it. He obviously was yeah. going down that road, but like, yeah, I think there's also a strategy of doing it quietly while while he still can. And maybe there's a lot of governments that are already doing that. I, and I, I I sort of think that, and then I look at the price action. I think no, it's not. Mm. I, I, that's me, no. my hopefulness that, that that they're doing it. But looking at the price, I would think if there was any significant buying it from a nation state level, we would not be where we are. Um. But I, yeah, I think I agree in that, like, certainly not the kind of countries like a strip, like maybe there's some, some places with exceptional circumstances where it makes sense, but like, yeah, there's no one, it's not happening here, for example, for any time soon. Like it's, it's so, it's so impossible to even think about like that. Yeah. It'd be just crazy to even like, we all think that it would be a good, a good idea, obviously, but like, Think about how far removed our kind of line of thought is from like the people who actually work in the in those circles, like in the Treasury Department or in the. In, imagine the RBA like coming out and saying, "Oh, we've just bought some big." Yeah. Like it's you know, it's not going to happen. The, yeah, the, yeah. 
I can 100% agree. I guess that they were the only time I would change my mind on that is whether is when potentially Bitcoiners or maybe bankers infiltrated, well, infiltrated is probably the wrong word, but started to take up government positions and maybe they would take some of their ideas with them. I don't see, you know, ScoMo, for example, ever, <laughs> be, ever being convinced by, you know, Brendo, Brendo versus no, ScoMo. That would be a good one. No, nah, no one's going to be convinced by me. But, um, That'd be great. Yeah, we'll get, you know, you got, it, it, it's like the, the other problem is that, and I haven't, I can't even bring myself to follow closely what's going on in, with the like some like Senate inquiry into like, cr- fuck yeah. hell. Like the, the thing is like, it's, it, what's evident is that they don't even understand, like even the people uh, in the, within the system who have been tasked with understanding this and like preparing Australia for the, digital currency future or this bullshit like they don't even understand the difference between bitcoin and and crypto like it's not a, so yeah they, even someone who even if you get people who are like crypto enthusiasts like they're still might be a decade away from actually fucking understanding yeah. <laughs> you know what frankly it's all frankly even some of the bitcoiners yeah right yeah. The, the bitcoiners that are you know trading like what are you doing there's no, there's no mm-hmm. need to do that, and so, so I mean, maybe, maybe we're, we're, we're just, still you know, such a neat, like, yeah, such a niche, like, crazy fringe, uh, like, in, like obviously a lot of people own Bitcoin in that, like, it's like when I, like, a lot of my acquaintances now who, like, a lot of them, like, oh yeah, I got like they, sh- you know, show me their, um account on what it you know whatever app yeah i bought some bitcoin yeah Yeah, like um you know in their trading account so obviously a lot of people own bitcoin but yeah yeah but it's it's like because it's like 200 bucks or something you know but um this the journey from there to like where we're at where it's like yeah like obviously bitcoin's you know the where you're comfortable like with the majority of your your savings in bitcoin like that's that's a step too far for, for most people. Oh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, there's, we've got a long way to go. So I uh, do you have any sort of, uh, we could we could talk and uh, we could even do this again, but we could talk all day about the, the movies, but I'm just conscious of the time and the people, you know, listening and yeah. how long they want to listen for, but, um, do you have any sort of, uh, hopes for the year ahead or what, 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 what are you looking at for the next, well, one in terms of the Bitcoin community, but also like for your own business and and that side of things. What what are you hoping for in the next sort of twelve twenty four months? I think uh, it's it's more for me right now. Like I'm more interested in my own personal life and my family and and sort of setting myself up in a way that you know that that I think that part of my life is is going well. You know, when it comes to to my business, like I've sort of, I'm at that point where I, you know, I've, the people who run the business with me, you know, I've made a conscious effort to step back and like, I've got a team of people who I think are doing a better job than I could at running the business, probably because like, I'm too obsessed with Bitcoin to, <laughs> to like focus on it, if you know what I mean. Um, so I'm almost doing, yeah, working a bit less, which I have been doing for, for the last few years. Um, and I think, you know, giving myself more time to, to keep doing 
Bitcoin related projects. Like if I can, if, cause it takes a lot of discipline that, that like, if I'm not like super focused, like a few months will get away from me, which, which has happened to me like the last three or four months, like you sort of like, unless you really like got the self-discipline to sit down at your desk and you also like have this idea that's good enough to like motivate you to work. Like those two things don't actually coincide all that often. So try not to be too hard on myself for like letting things just like not being that productive for certain stretches, but like I've got a couple of ideas for, for film projects that I think I want to see, you know, through this year. So I think that's about all I could ask for, you know, and and i'm sort Any, of anything you want to share or is that yeah, keeping that under your hat uh i'll keep it under my hat i better keep it under my hat i definitely like to like under promise and yeah, like man. i hate like talking something up and then not following through with it yeah, so yeah, i tend point. to like literally not mention stuff till it's actually ready to drop done that's yeah good. that's smart uh, is there anything <laughs> anybody can help you with that for the ideas you've got? Is there anything you're looking for from anybody else? Hats is really good at dancing. Oh, look, dancing. Um, man. You, you know, like not necessarily, but I just love to like every now and then people reach out to me to say either they've enjoyed watching my films or that, you know, they are interested in, in working together or they've got ideas for projects. Like I'm always want to like, you know, part of the, my whole reason for doing this is to like, to sort of share these ideas with like-minded people and like talk about it. So yeah, I'm, I'm always open to people reaching out to me to, to sort of discuss these kind of ideas. Um, so yeah, absolutely. But, but nothing, yeah, nothing specific necessarily. It's nice to, it is nice to see Bitcoin seep into different areas of culture yes. um, and go off in different directions because you're not, and you're not being able, you can't keep on top of it all, obviously, but you know, you see people, you know, Bitcoin for dentists, well, that's great. I've got never gonna, I'm never gonna pay any attention to that, but it's really important for the dentist, <laughs> right? So that, I'm, I'm happy to see it doing that. I would love to see, um, um, seep into music a bit more. I think you know culturally that would be a good thing. Like there's no, nothing better than a, I don't know, a Michael Saylor clip and a, a dance track. I was, I was imagining, I was imagining hip hop. You know, making it rain well, maybe, in a strip maybe. club. But what are they doing there? Maybe lightning uh, wallets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see it seep into sport as well. Yeah, you know, oh, like, well, it is. Well, it is with, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. with, um, well, firstly, with uh, the Perth Heat, the baseball, and then obviously the little idea was uh, Peter McCormack's over with a football team, soccer team. Oh, soccer. but even even but just sports good. stars as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Just seeing it drift off in different different directions is great. Yeah. Um, mate, send people, give people a send-off to the three films and also to your own wherever wherever you'd like to send them i think the simplest thing is to go to my twitter page which is r james underscore btc like and that's got links to all the film projects like each one of them's got its own little website but if you go if you go to my twitter like they're all there's links there to go through so that's probably the best the best place to go to to find them awesome well it was great to have a uh, windless chat with you mate so thanks for Thanks for sticking around. You guys, if you guys are outside, you've done well for it to be quite. It looks quite calm. It's very, it's very still and calm at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, yeah. It says, no, it's such a pleasure to chat with you guys. Thanks for like, thanks for having me on. I'm so like one of my highlight. Yeah, I reckon our 
um, you know, our get together in Morondo was like one of the highlights of my of my year. So like, I don't know if you guys are planning to go to to Beechworth in March, but um, are you yeah, going? I'm, I'm really, get- yeah, yeah, for sure, I'll be there because it's close to me. Yeah, I course. know it's a long way for you guys. I don't know, I don't but, know um, if I can to be honest. I got a lot on, but I'm keen. But, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. Keen. I don't know if the wife. Yeah, but that's been again. an awesome like meeting meeting people. You know, in because one thing to interact with with people online, but it's been so good to to like build a bit of a community here at home. Of yeah, people absolutely. Who, who are and on because, this? And because the guys have decided to take it a little bit more rural, it actually, and the, the only people that are there are people who care and they want to come. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That's it's a, good point. It's a complete filter yeah. over just some bullshit crypto guy who's just bought, you know, whatever he's bought, and then wants to come along and tell you how Bitcoin is wrong. Yeah, um, they, they're not there. So if anybody, is, any solid Bitcoiner, just wants to go and, and talk to other Bitcoiners and meet people in in uh, the real world, that's a, I would highly recommend that too. Beechworth in March is when we're talking about. All right, I'll, Richard, talk, I'll talk to the wife. Thanks, mate. Richard, thank you. I really appreciate. Thanks, it. guys. You're a legend. See ya. Hey guys, if you've made it this far, thanks so much for listening. Um, the plan with the pod is to do sort of guests one week and um, myself and Brendo the other week, so hopefully that's working for you. If you don't like one of them, just listen to the one you do like. Um, if you want a little bit more um, information from us, you can find it at uh, bitcoin-first.com forward slash learn. 